Welcome to Coin 6 News. We are tracking breaking news tonight. A wildfire burning in the Columbia River Gorge. 140 hikers are essentially trapped and will have to spend the night hoping for the best. It was Saturday, September 2nd. It was hot and dry. It was the start to the 2017 Labor Day weekend in the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. I was visiting friends. I was with my friend Michael and Scott, and the three of us decided to go hiking. This is a popular hiking destination just east of Portland along the I-84 corridor. People will flock to the gorge on any given day, but the last holiday weekend of the summer and a hot day like it was, it lured hundreds of hikers to Punch Bowl Falls on the Eagle Creek Trail. This thing burned fast and furious near Cascade Locks, close to the Eagle Creek Trailhead. It's now at around 200 acres. We were just heading up a couple miles to swim and to play in the falls. And I remember at the car unpacking my pack. I normally pack a lot of stuff anyway. And I took out food. I took out extra items. I took out my headlamp. I was thinking I would just pack light. I was trying to pack light, teaching myself how to pack light, and I just thought it's so hot, no big deal. We're going to be hanging out and it's <sighs> not what happened at all. Ash is falling all around around us now that fire burning behind me on the ridge. Now the people who have to hunker down for the night and stay the night, they were hiking at the popular lower punch bowl falls when they got trapped, essentially between two fires, the Indian Creek fire that started on July 4th and the new Eagle Creek fire. I mean That's right. Trapped between two fires. This was the first time I really hunkered down and sheltered in place in a way I never imagined and I think about often, especially right now in 2020, as I'm sheltering in place as many of us are. And right in this moment, it is Labor Day weekend, 2020, and it is hotter than a witch's tit down here, down here in Orange County. So welcome. I'm so excited to share my story today. Welcome to Viral Mindfulness, the podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Smith. Some people call me Mr. Blue. Either way, I'm looking to be your spiritual muse. It's true. We verified it. We risked our lives for the good of the people. And rocks fell down the trail, and we got to the fire where it was warm. Feel the heat, and things were on fire. You're listening to my friend Scott. At this point, the fire had started a couple hours ago and we had all moved up and we were now sitting and gathering sort of our senses. As I move forward, you'll hear a little bit me kind of in shock, I really think, from having met the fire. And uh, I pulled this audio from my phone. Me? I was terrified. <laughs> I was like freaking out for a minute. Like, all of a sudden... <laughs> All of a sudden, these rocks, not a ton, but some, were falling towards the trail. Just a little drizzle. But you could hear the trees cracking in the fire. Anyway, we're in a group of people. About 150 is what I hear. We're being led up to a lake where there's pizza and beer. The moral of the story is, 
Don't ever leave home. <laughs> and don't go chasing waterfall. And don't go chasing waterfall, baby. We swam in a waterfall and it was the best experience of my life. And then when I got out of the water, we were trapped by a fire. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the lakes and the oceans that you're used to. That became our theme song, Chasing Waterfalls. We were having such a great time. So let me kind of back it up a few hours and give you a little bit more info. So you already heard me describing how amazing it was to swim there in that waterfall and swimming hole. I mean, the that area of the country is so lush and green and gorgeous and the water is so pure and it's just like the forest that gorge is amazing and that's one reason why it was so upsetting to so many people who were locals and not to mention it was started by fireworks so we get to the parking lot it's probably about two one in the afternoon and it was so hot that, as I mentioned before, I took most everything out of my bag and we just hiked up there. Thankfully, I wasn't wearing flip-flops. Um, I usually wear hiking shoes, but there were a lot of hikers wearing flip-flops. So we just hiked up a couple miles, having a great time. It's so nice. There's so many people climbing around these rocks that kind of encircled this swimming hole and this waterfall. I am telling you, I remember, even as I'm talking about it now, it's starting to come back to me. This lower um, punch bowl falls. It's a small little fall. And you could swim right up to it and under. It was a pretty, it was a pretty hefty fall in, in the sense of the weight of water that was coming off. And so swimming under was quite a feat. There weren't a lot of people, but I would get as close as I felt comfortable and was just floating in the water and was looking up at the sky and just, I'm on vacation. I'm hanging out with my friend, Michael Binks. So for those of you that don't know, Michael Binks is a great friend, one of my very dearest. We've been friends for two decades. He and I met back in 2003 when I tested positive for HIV and I met Jake Rowe. That all happened the same day. And Mike at the time, Michael was with his boyfriend, Huey, and I met Michael and Huey through Jake and we became friends. And from there, I've stayed really close friends with Michael and we've had a lot of great adventures together. So we're having a great time and people are just lounging on the, the sort of beach that leads into the water. And at some point, I remember after a couple hours, it's around four. That's when the fire started. So this was probably a little after four. The fire had already grown and moved. The fire started below us, so down trail from us. And it was a young kid who threw firework over the edge because another hiker actually saw him and walked down and reported him and they actually found him right you know 30 40 minutes after it happened so at this point that's all happening down below us and we're all just hanging out summertime and we're swimming i mean vibing at such a high level 
So let me take you to my first moment where I realized something was going on. I'm getting out. I'm all alone. I think Michael and Scott were somewhere around the rocks in the water and I'm on the beach now and people people some of the people on the beach are looking behind them and they're looking up at the sky and I'm just looking at billowing smoke and I don't really know my location I'm on vacation time and I already knew that there was a a fire in this area that was still not 100% contained that was called the Indian um, Creek fire. And so some of the upper trail, most of it was closed off. So I was just thinking that that was the fire. It's like, wow. And so I didn't really integrate. They were, it was rather close and the planes and helicopters flying above. And then it was kind of like wildfire amongst us loungers on the beach you could start to feel feel it kindling the emotion the story and before you know it we're all together Michael Scott and I and then the next thing I really remember is we're aware that that fire is a new fire and it's below us and it's trapped us on the trail we can't get down so in that moment, Michael was like, let's go, let's run down. Come on, we can make it, we can make it down and through. I don't necessarily think he was saying we can make it down and through. I don't really know what he was saying specifically because I was starting to now move into to fear and like, whoa, there's a fire? No. Some, I mean, the whole just gamut of an immediate situation and you're just trying to understand and go through the process. So I'm like, yeah, I'm game. So the three of us started making our way now down the trail. It's so interesting just returning to this story and telling you all about it. So it's, it's fascinating how much returns to me. And then I've been able to do a lot of research and find a lot of resources. So at any point, you can head over to my website at viralmindfulness.com forward slash 124, episode 124, just forward slash 124. I've added a bunch of YouTube videos and additional content for you to browse and look through if you're interested. I had such an interesting time looking at all this information. So we're moving down trail, Michael, Scott, and I. And the thing that was so interesting about this part of the story is that incrementally as we approached the fire and bumped into probably three to four different groups of people coming back to the swimming hole who had story to tell us at that point on the trail, it was fascinating because each time we ran into an additional person or group of people, the story got hotter, the emotion got thicker, the, the, their faces and the panic and the emotion in their body and their physiology shifted and it got more intense second by second. So by the time we ran into several people, they're like, there's no way you're getting through. The fire has crossed the trail. It is raging. It is huge. We're trapped. (laughs) So we just kept going. I was ready to turn around at that point. Michael was very interested and I was down. We were together. We were all staying together. So we kept going down. When we ran into, I think, the last person before we actually hit the fire, 
he's like, you guys need to, you guys need to turn around, come, come back. So at that point now, everyone who had passed us knew who we were and that there were three of us that direction. What was happening back at the punch bowl on the beach is that people were starting to gather and organize and people were trying to get through on cell phones out into the world. And unfortunately, coverage was not happening at all. So we're now alone and we're approaching the fire. I was super nervous. I'm not quite sure if, I don't really know why. Well, I think it's personality. You know, like one of the things I learned about Michael is just his willingness to be in the moment and wanted to see it and experience it and know for ourselves, which I really appreciate at this point because when you're in situations of panic and heightened immediate crisis, you know, there's, I feel like learning to trust yourself and do what you are being called to do is your best bet because, you know, there's no set way to go through a crisis. And so for me, I was just aware somehow uh, in my mind that fires can move quick. They can jump trails. The wind can pick up and it can be very deadly and dangerous. And I was just there. I was in it. And so I kind of started holding back and the two of them were ahead on the trail. And that started to make me uncomfortable because the trail was winding down and I was not with them. And so at this point, I'm like, shit, like the last thing I need to be is like separated and alone in fire without the two other people closest to me. So I quickly sped up and made my way to them. And at this point, we're looking at the fire and we're hearing the sound. I mean, we continually were being called closer to the sound and the strength and the, the, the feel and the heat of the fire. And so we made it all the way to where the trail was now contaminated. And at this point, you could hear the fire up above you. Well, we could see it and hear it. And it was just the sound effects were just everything you would imagine and falling trees. I was like, what is what is going on up there? There's so much breaking down. And then at some point, things started falling down from above onto the trail. And I was like, you guys, we need to go. We need to go. We need to move that way. I'm heading back that way. And I think at that point, for sure, is when Michael, who was kind of leading at that point, was just like, let's go. And we started making our way back. And when we got back to Punch Bowl Falls, everyone had started to organize. And interesting enough, by the time we got there, there was leadership already. So that became a really interesting first, second observation, which was that we, the hikers, have now created community and leadership has been formed. So at this point, the word to us is that contact has been made. Someone was able to get a signal and they told us, to move up. Actually, that's not true. Um, They told us to stay where we were. 
And that actually I learned just in doing research that they had dropped down a message from one of the helicopters to us before someone actually did make contact with the higher signal and roaming cell phone. And so I think that the community and the group made the decision for us to move forward because we weren't sure how quickly and how this, the, the path of the fire. And in fact, some of the leadership, if you go deeper down the rabbit hole with some of this YouTube and stuff, you can see that there was uh, some emergency responders who were on, who were some of the hikers um, and a medic that had worked for, well, that was like in the military. And so we moved up, but part of moving up was that the trail was locked and blocked off from the Indian Creek fire. And I didn't really know anything about what was above us or the fire that still wasn't contained that now we were trapped between two. So we just started moving. We gathered and we started just hiking up. And at this point, it's probably like five. And so it's summer and it is hot. And most all of us were very scantily clothed just shorts, tank top. Some people were just in flip-flops and a swimsuit and like a cover-up. In fact, I think someone was just in a swimsuit. Uh, There were children, not too many. There was just a wide mix of age and young teenagers, kids, everybody. We just started moving and started moving up. And eventually we hit our first roadblock, which was a fence that was padlocked that was keeping people from moving up and across this small bridge. That's where you first heard the audio clips that I played just in the beginning where we were sitting down, we had hiked maybe a mile or two, and we were now just kind of gathering senses. And by that point, you know, we were clear that the fire was now moving in a different direction because one of the participants or the leadership of the hikers, um, was trail running and I guess he was quite a fast runner and he was running back and then like checking and making sure like the distance of the fire from us. So there was a whole bit of information um, that we didn't necessarily have at the time. And frankly, at this point we were in the center of the 150 people that were hiking and we just kind of, I think let go and just started settling into our friendship, the three of us. And we had, um, I had a camelback with water. Um, we had some snacks. We started to get word that, you know, we should ration supplies. That was one of the first thing that started, you know, passing through the trail is that we should start rationing supplies. At this point, there's plenty of water around us. Obviously the, the river, the falls, it's clean enough to drink. And so food and other supplies ration. We're all gathered and we are trying to make our way now through the fences and that have been put up. So basically what happened at this gathering spot where I started the episode and I was sharing the audio clips, we were all just taking a break after a couple hours and we broke through one of the fences, ripped it apart and we were able to cross. And now we're moving up. We're moving up the mountain. 
we're moving up to the falls and we're moving into nighttime and the thing that's really interesting to me at this point is we all started to kind of just melt into a community and melt into the trail and for me that's one of the beautiful metaphors and passions i have for hiking on trails is that the trail is so generous and it's so uh rhythmic and it's so one step after another it reminds me to be present and to continually move and of course to nourish and take breaks and things like that at this point for us it never was much about taking a break it was about moving getting higher getting away from the fire and so we just kept moving and eventually we made it into nightfall and it was dark enough and the magical part of that moment was we were now at the upper falls and I was I'd never been here before but apparently to your right is 150 at least feet drop off and we're actually walking underneath this little cavern that's built underneath the fall before we approached the fall the waterfall you could see all of these little lights from people's phones and the few people who had headlamps mostly their phones so so there was light in the dark for several hours until people's phones went dead and it was just so magical it was almost like lord of the rings you know where we're all traveling in the night along this gorgeous forest and waterfall i mean this is some of the most beautiful forest in the world especially right in this gorge i can't wait to return and visit this place it still has been closed um so you can't even go up into um this trail and even into the punch bowl falls where it all started and we swam uh, it's still closed off as they're working on the renovations and however that process works. So I'm going to take you now to about 9.30, 10 p.m. We finally met someone who came from up above, and this was a forest ranger who had made their way down to meet us. And at this point, I'm going to pause in my story, and I'm just going to read a little bit to you from actually from... Um, the website for the state park just right from their site and I'll put this link in the show notes over at my website once again that's viralmindfulness.com forward slash 124 so to summarize a little bit of information they actually tried to drop down a couple um, fire uh, helpers to meet us and they were unable to make it to us in that initial like launch of the fire um, they were dropped down by helicopter, but they were trapped between um, the fires and weren't able to make it to us. And at the same time, there was a group of other hikers who were in more danger and needed attention first. And so Sharon Sterity, a Forest Service employee that was working on the Indian Creek fire at Indian Springs above us, she had heard all the commotion on the radio that a new fire had started. And she was just making her way out above with 16 hikers. And so what she ended up doing is she called on the radio and um, she volunteered to keep walking down towards us. 
and to continue her shift and meet us. And word here from what I'm reading is that we were making our way up the trail towards Watam Lake, which was 14 miles above us. Um, well, it was more than 14 miles. It was like probably 18 miles from Punchbowl Falls. I'm looking at the map right here. I'm just calculating. Yeah, so it was about 19 miles, 20 miles that we totally walked. And um, at this point, Sharon met us around 9.30 p.m. And we got word from her that they were going to drop supplies for us or life flight, not life flight, but take some of us out. And this was around 9.30 p.m. So at this point, it's dark. We had made our way through that awesome, like, Lord of the Rings under the falls. And there's pictures at my site where you can see some of this to piece it together if you're interested. And so we're now on, we're on an incline on the side of, it's dark. And we're, we're just stopped and we're all sitting on the ground resting. We'd been hiking now from 5 until about 9.30 and we're just kind of waiting to get word and we're all just sitting there and it was really fun you know everyone was in their little groups at this point it, it seemed pretty clear that the fire was not coming towards us and we're sitting on this this trail um on an incline and down below us probably about 80 feet was a small part of the river and it's really dark and we're just kind of looking out there and all of a sudden I'm looking and I'm, well, not all of a sudden, but I'm looking and noticing this like, it looks like someone's smoking a cigarette across from us. And, you know, from a distance where you just see that the tip of the cigarette. And so I'm just watching it and I can hear people in the background down to my right or people to my left. And I'm like, Michael and like Scott do you guys see that what is that and then it starts you know kind of getting bigger and at this point we all start to realize that this is the Indian Creek fire uh, the one now that was the other fire that wasn't contained yet and this was burning ember from that fire and it started to grow and at this point I think it was just so surreal to us as we're all just sitting here we're like <laughs> what the hell like now we're gonna watch this fire like totally like reconnect itself and like burn right across from the river from us no way in hell um so as it started growing one of the one of our hikers one of our team team campers totally made it down the side of the the, the side we were on across the river over to it and had like a water bottle and was was pouring water from the river back and forth a couple times to put out that what we were observing in the dark and successfully did so and everyone was cheering you know <laughs> we're like yes but initially i was like what the hell are you kidding me i think part of the the, the thing that's so interesting about this experience is i felt so vulnerable and at the mercy of something much bigger than me and something massive like a huge wildfire, forest fire, that's pretty big. That That's like an earthquake. This is like a tornado, a hurricane. I've only been in earthquakes. 
I've only been in a wildfire. Um, I've never been in a hurricane, tornado, tsunami. And I've been, you know, in a situation where the coyote came and took the dog right in front of my eyes. And those types, these types of moments, there is this, this active presence that shows up where, where it's so, you're so in the moment. And there's so much that's working with that moment from the actual power and magnitude of the fire to the power and magnitude of my body, my neuro connections, my response system, the adrenaline, like the fight to survive or the fight to flight and run. And at this point, you know, we were fairly safe (laughs) and we were safe and we were making our way up. But seeing that second, that that fire start to ignite right in front of our eyes now as we've been running from the other fire was just really weird. Once that was put out, we were then just like, what are we going to do? Like, what's above us? And there was like the first descent of the, the group where people are like, I think we should turn around. I think this is dangerous moving up. So then it got, came into this weird situation where there's like 150 of us. We're on this narrow one-way like hiking trail lane, just sitting there. And people wanted to turn around and stop and not move forward based off of that experience, watching that ember reconnect into fire. We kind of just surrendered. We were already in a space, the three of us were like, you know, there's so many, there's so many people here and there's so much other leadership happening and we don't feel like compelled to do. There's, there's more of us at this point need to just surrender than try to take charge. And it seems like what happened in my mind now in memory is that this sh- this woman who found us, her name again is Sharon. Um, we were now waiting for supplies to be dropped and that didn't happen. And we didn't turn around and we were moving forward. And so at some point, the entire line were up and we're moving again and we're hiking and we hike for uh, another couple hours. All right, so at my website, there's a picture of us this moment when we're all sitting on this ledge waiting for news about where to go. And someone had taken a picture, and you can just kind of see how we're all kind of sitting against this mountain on a ledge looking down at the river. So you can find that photo at viralmindfulness.com forward slash 124. So eventually, um, we made it up to where we were going to now hunker down for the night. So word traveled that they were not coming to us. They were not dropping supplies. I don't know what that was about. Probably resources, it seems like from what I was reading. And they had those other hikers, about three specific ones that had to be lifted out And um, I assume they were fighting the fire and that was more important because it was moving and it had become now huge. And there's some amazing time lapse that shows from the start into this night and early hour morning and the blaze that unfolded. You can see that at my website. 
Okay, so here's the information from this timeline. So at that time, from sitting on that ledge to hiking up, it says here that just north of Tunnel Falls at roughly 9.30 p.m., Sharon, she reached the group of 153 hikers who had initially congregated at Punch Bowl Falls. Once she reached us, she notified the Air National Guard helicopter that none of us were injured. The helicopter relayed the fire's latest position to her, to us, and due to a hoist malfunction and the steep, unsafe terrain, the IC announced the helicopter would return to base without sling-loading supplies to the hikers as they escaped. So here it says in their own words, the tired punchbowl group of hikers hunkered down for the evening, a short distance south of Tunnel Falls to rest for the final push to hike out in the morning. Shortly after that, around midnight, the first group of 16 hikers that were led by the High Bridge Gate Guard ended their journey to Watam Lake Trailhead, which was where we were headed. I don't remember having any food left. I remember having plenty of water and that's what I was just saving for us to nourish. And it was now time to just hunker down. It was doable. It was close to midnight. It was nice just to relax after just moving and being in such a space of survival, of fleeing and finding safety. And one of the thoughts that was on my mind, um, and partly it was because of the time frame in 2017, is I was thinking a lot about the refugees and specifically from Syria and what was happening within Syria. And I had been listening to some information on NPR, and at some point I had come across a number of how many millions, like something like 40 million people who currently were without land were refugees, were on the go, whether it was disasters um, like politics, um, whatever reason was pushing them from land. I now had a moment where I was like, oh, like this is so foreign to me at times in Western United States, where I've never had to flee my country based off of political upheaval. Not to say that's <laughs> not coming. <laughs> that's very unclear at this point, looking forward, I think, for all of us. But there was this sort of awareness of the vast amount of human, fellow human beings that are going through significant experiences that feel so immediate and raw and real as what I'm experiencing in this brief little day and a half interlude. We're now going to hunker down. We were able to rest. The three of us, Michael, Scott, and I just kind of cuddled and hugged. We were all in shorts. We had nothing. We had no um, no sweatshirts, very few of us did. I think there were a few and they kind of rationed and passed around. There was that woman, Sharon kept checking in with people about one, one thirty AM. It was cold that window where the temperature drops about, I think it dropped down to close to 60 and we were cold. 
So what we decided to do, Michael, Scott, and I, is we were laying on the ground and created a little place to sleep and rest. And we would take turns being in the middle. And then the other two would snuggle up and wrap that person in the middle. And we just started rotating. And it just became impossible for us to rest and sleep. And we eventually stood because it felt so cold to us at the ground level. At this point, around maybe 2, 2 a.m., 2.30, there were supplies, some supplies that were going around, some emergency blankets. And she had already checked in with us, this Sharon, and I think she's just assessing, like, who's most uncomfortable. A lot of people were asleep already on the ground. We weren't. We were standing and shivering and huddling. And so she brought to us, I think she handed each of us an emergency blanket. So we're unwrapping them. And then, you know, other people started waking up. I remember, oh, I'm so cold. <laughs> and then people were like, is there, are there any more blankets? And so eventually we went from three to two. Um, I was so cold. And I felt so guilty that I was like, I'm not giving this blanket up. <laughs> <laughs> and one of our blankets went and I realized, oh, this is what you do when you're in a crisis is you have to make situations. And I was not capable of not having some that warmth. So Michael let his go. And then Michael and Scotty were now in one blanket. And I can't remember if eventually I let my mind go because I just thought, you know, I should be able to handle this. I can do this so that someone else can be warm. I feel like I kept it. <laughs> Let's be honest, people. I was effing cold. I kept my blanket. See, and so then there's like this opportunity that I've learned in crises, especially with the dog and the chihuahua and Franny. Uh, there's always this looking back and saying, oh, I wish I would have done this or I could have done this or the regret or the guilt. You know, one of the things with Franny is that when I was able to gather her and make her like get her into my car as she had been chomped by the coyote that I was now making my way to emergency support and I don't know why I was driving like super far to an emergency hospital when there were like three right down the street I was talking to my sister about where I was going and no one instructed me to do otherwise I was in shock and so then same thing here you know it's like in that moment like I'm like super cold and looking back it's like oh how selfish what was I doing and I've learned that when one is going through a crisis you're doing the best you know how so let's just take that to 2020 right now people this is the great dysthymia of 2020 it's September we don't know what's happening we have some information and there's a lot we still don't know Let's take COVID. COVID-19 is new. We think we want, we think we have information and we do, but it changes because this is very new. This is five minutes old. You know, this is not even approaching a year yet. And then when it comes to the politics and to finances and the economy and all of the other parts of this 2020 great dysthymia, it's happening, it's real, and you're doing the best you can. And that's the leading edge, the leading heart forward inversion that we should take, where we 
rest in an inversion and bring our head below our heart. So our heart is on top. We're leading with our heart. You're doing great. You're doing great out there. Keep it up. So let me wrap up this story at Eagle Creek. We are now somewhat warm and eventually we are there's some fire crew and some they're there and it's like 3 30 in the morning and we are now handed more supplies and at some point around I think 4 a.m we're asked to get up and we need to start moving and so they started uh moving us through the line where they took our name and they wrote down a number on our arm I'm like what is going on I mean at this point I'm, I'm like just tired I'm hungry I'm just irritable I'm like what is going on we are gonna hike so we just started hiking we started moving and literally from 4 a.m. until noon, we hiked and hiked and hiked. We just moved one foot after another. And every couple hours, we would run into more light. And by the time sun rose, it was very smoky. You can see those pictures at the landing page. And I created a couple video clips and I'm going to pull the audio for you to hear right now. And we just moved along the trail and um, I remember bumping into someone who handed me like a Gatorade and like a granola bar. And it was just one, one, one moment at a time, you know, one granola bar, one Gatorade. And they just looked at us and they're like, you're doing great. Just keep moving. You're almost there. And that happened a few times. And then I realized, oh, we're not almost there. (laughs) Like, they're just telling me this. Damn you. But keep moving. Like, we all needed to just keep moving. So here's a little more audio clip from the trail. All right. Live from the forest fire. Is it early in the morning? The sun's just coming up. We slipped out on the trail in tank tops and shorts, and we were freezing. Well, not really freezing, but it was cold. All right, I'm going to show you the front of the trail. It's really pretty here, though. <laughs> Scott and Mike, they're the best hosts ever. I come to town and they take me on a hike and we get trapped by a fire. Lots of lessons on the trail. Lots of lessons on the trail. So this brings us to the last portion and I just kind of wanted to share with you a little bit about what I did learn and a rapid fire of when the heat is on and the fire is going, like here's some takeaways. So as you just heard there, it was early in the morning and I was whispering. And part of that was just, it was, 
there was such this reverence at this point. One, it's morning. Two, we've been hiking forever and we have not had much to eat now since, besides a granola bar, since like the day before. So 12, 13, 14, 16, 17 hours. And I was exhausted and there was just sort of this the trail coming to meet you and we were totally on an incline hiking up to this Watnam Watam Lake and it was just moving consistently and there was a lot of smoke in the valley or not in the valley but in the trees and as we were approaching daylight and there was just this quiet and this stillness to the experience and just this sort of I've got to conserve energy and just keep moving. As I jotted down some notes, one of the things I wrote is I remember feeling the immediacy and the fleeting stability, how suddenly, instantly life changed in that instant, a storybook summer afternoon in the forest, swimming, chasing waterfalls, swimming with fairies suddenly it was a fight for survive for survival it was man against nature well let's just change that to humans against nature it was human against nature or woman against nature it was a giant wildfire being immersed in this nature fairy tale setting right out of lord of the rings suddenly we were dunked even deeper into an immediate crisis. So number one, I wrote, I wish I could have grabbed or packed more things. And that's an interesting one that I still, every time I go hiking now or camping, I always bring something extra because I just think, what if something happens and I'm going to need this pocket knife or this, you know, headlamp headlamps a given I always travel with a headlamp in my day pack because I'm just like there's no way I'm going to be stuck in the dark again uh the second thing I wrote is that the vibrant alert colorful immediate sense of awareness and perception that arrives in these moments is so stunning it's so it's so like psychedelic it's trippy really um And there's also the third item, there's an immediate arrival of what's most important and what matters most to you. There were so many impressions that were forged into my heart and mind. I can't even tell or share them all with you, nor do I need to. It becomes part of the tapestry of my life experience and my dependency on you know, forces that are much larger than me, whether we're talking about a wildfire or we're talking about a divine creative force or intelligence, a godlike force, you know, either which way, however you choose to describe, there is always this force greater. The other aspect that was interesting is how strangers were now bonding. I remember talking to the people behind or in front and having really interesting exchange of words. By morning, as you heard, it was very quiet. None of us were talking. When we first, Saturday, all afternoon, evening, night, people were just talking and laughing. And, you know, as we huddled and hunkered down in the cold, and then 
we wake and we walk and we are awake and we're just moving at that point i'm sure everyone's exhausted and hungry and just ready for i guess arrival to home you know some some sense of home and once again that brings me aloud here as i summarize that you know think about all those people that don't have home for example, right now in California, this season of fires is the worst we've ever seen. And it's only going to increase. One of my dear newest and most meaningful friendships is uh, she lives in Northern California and right now, well, was evacuated for a couple weeks and is now assessing their life and how they need to make a move and how their home is not sustainable. And it wasn't burned down, but um, it's a whole crisis for her right now with regards to what's next for she and her partner. It's interesting to look at the leadership. Who are our leaders? Where will we lead and how will we help others? There's this idea of continual wonder in those moments, like on the trail where I was like, am I going to survive? Like, am I going to die? Like, is this safe? Once, you know, it was morning. Once we made it to hunker down, I felt pretty safe. But there was always this question in the back of my mind is, you know, I've never been in a situation like this before. What if this is it? Like, what if I'm going to die, especially from the afternoon into the waterfall hike? And I forgot to mention when we were hiking on the waterfall, when we made it to the waterfall at dark and we're hiking through the tunnel, there's actually hand um, railings to your left that are metal like hand places for you to hold on to because it's like 150 feet below you in fact I really wanted to play you this clip because you can hear the waterfall and you can hear this woman screaming because she knew what was below her and she was terrified of heights listen to this <laughs> scream. I think we all need to scream a little more, especially right now heading into the fall. It's been such a fun time being with you and sharing this story. So I want to wrap up and this is it for today. Uh, here's my quick fire, my rapid fire. So one, always pack a little extra in your day pack for yourself and for others. Two, when you're building an online business, step-by-step step and slow burn is totally a great path too. I've been working on my online business since 2013 and I always struggle with feeling like I'm not where I'm supposed to be and I know that I could be working more on the weekends. You know, I struggle with finding the balance of working versus relaxing and I also trust this larger flow that I'm exactly where I need to be for today, and I have been continually encouraging myself this summer to keep building Viral Mindfulness Academy, which, speaking of, 
it's in it's in works and very soon you'll have access to my very first guided meditation starter kit i'm so excited to share it with you the third item of quick fire relationships boys for me romantic sex love dating those with a lot of heat those that burn quick and fast and strong chemistry chemistry with flames these burn hot and fast strong hot and fast they burn so the other option is to look for a relationship that doesn't start like that that starts more simple and mild and subtle and more still the next item on this quick fire list hydration and water are so important to health clean water that's been a foundation of my practice for a good 15 to 18 years now I actually drink reverse osmosis water that's been cleared and added with trace minerals. And even there's crystals that are exposed in the storing of the water to pull and draw from crystals and minerals. And the final piece of this quick fire is that fire and heat, pain and discomfort so often prove to be our greatest teacher. And in fact, there seems to be this refiner's fire that burns and it transforms. It even purifies and transmutates us. I know in my own life, even now as we speak, that the level of heat and discomfort and fire, there is a there is a equal force and energy connected to that heat, which lies in a surrender for me to a little more simplicity, a lot more heart, focusing on my goals and what I have control, mm, what I have before me this day, because I don't have to be in control. I have surrendered my control to a power that's greater than me, a deeper power, higher power, God, source. For me, it's a depth that lies deep within the inner terrain, the inner inner world that's deeply connected to my soul, that's connected to a true nature, which is at the heart and soul of God. It's God within me. And from that space, I'm choosing to look out toward life and toward others and be as gracious and kind (laughs) and fun and magical as possible so i'll see you next time here on the podcast be well blessed be the fruit the month has finally arrived viral mindfulness academy is almost open and in honor of this exciting event i have a special offer just for you stay tuned